18, verses 13 through 18. The Bible says, Now, therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, shew me now thy way. Oh, we got verse 3, verse 13. Amen. We're going to get that up there. I'm going to go ahead and read for time's sake. Now, therefore, I pray thee, Moses said, if I have found grace in thy sight, shew me now thy way that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight and consider that this nation is thy people. And he, the Lord, said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. We ought to feel that way. Amen. Lord, if you're not going there, I don't want to go there. Lord, if you're not a part of it, I don't want to be a part of it. This is what Moses was saying to the Lord today. If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Moses was saying, Lord, if you're with us, make us a special people. Make us a distinct people who are unlike any other people on the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. And he, Moses, said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Moses was saying, I beg thee, Lord, I plead with you, show me your glory. My subject this morning is simply a prayer, a cry unto the Lord from my heart and my prayer is for the heart of everyone in this church. It's the prayer that we need to cry out and it's this, show me your glory. Would you lift your hands and close your eyes and open our hearts unto the Lord. Let's talk to him. Let's ask him to put, help us get ourselves in position to see and receive the glory of God upon our lives today. Would you help me pray this morning? Jesus, have your way. We've come to you, Lord God, with an offering of praise, a sacrifice of praise. We've come to give our worship, our obedience to you today. We've come, Lord Jesus, feeling your presence drawing us and restoring us and transforming us, Lord God. Lord, our hearts cry is that we want to know you. Our hearts cry is we want to see your glory. Show us your glory today and may we never be the same as we abide in the light of your presence. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, today, God, Lord, finally, Lord God, that we would lose, that we would have a distaste for all the earthly things of this world and give us a hunger and thirst for righteousness, to taste of your pure glory where everything else becomes dim and obsolete in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can we give one more hand clap of praise unto the Lord as we're seated? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
Amen, amen. You may be seated. God bless you. Amen. We serve such a wonderful Savior today. Amen. Moses cried out this very desperate prayer in verse 18 of Exodus 33. He said unto God, I beseech thee, I beg of you, Lord, show me your glory. Amen. Just a few verses prior, he was talking to the Lord. And amen. I don't have time to give the entire background in Exodus 33, but he said, If I have found grace in thy sight, show me now your way. Amen. We learned last week that God makes a way, that Calvary is the way of salvation today. But Moses said, show me now your way. Show me where you're going. Show me where you're leading. Show me your nature. Show me your way that I may know you. I think of an old song that I won't sing it, but it says getting to know you. Getting to know all about you. Getting to know you. This is how Moses felt about the Lord. Moses was saying, I want to be more than just mere acquaintances. I want to have more with you, God, than just crossing paths with you in a mall somewhere and say, hey, yeah, I know that person. Or sitting at work somewhere and say, yeah, I know them. But Moses says, show me your way. I want to know you. I want to know you like I know myself. I want to know you better, Lord, than I know myself. Uh, I want to be able to finish your sentences, Lord. I want to know what you like. I want to know what you don't like. Uh, I want to know you. Uh, I want to know all about you. I want to laugh together. I want to cry together. I want to know what pleases your heart. I want to know what breaks your heart and stay far away from what breaks your heart. Uh, I beseech thee, O oh Lord, show me your way that I may know you. Show me your glory. John 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. I need to slow down here because if we're listening, there's some revelation, I believe, that's going to hit in this place today. You know, I got to say this before I move on. Uh, amen. There's some things, amen, about God that can be taught and others must be caught. It's revelation. It's what Jesus said to Peter when Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Your human reasoning could not comprehend this, but it was a revelation from almighty God. You can't teach revelation. You've got to catch revelation. Amen. And there's people who want knowledge of God and there's people who want relationship with God and when we get revelation is when we have a hunger for relationship revelation hear me somebody this is going to help someone cross the gap this is going to help someone cross the bridge that you feel in your life between you and God revelation is connected to relationship 
It's not connected to ritual. It's not connected to routine. It's not connected to the same old thing, different day. It's not connected, amen, to your ritual prayer, your religious routine. It's connected to a hunger and thirst for relationship. Wanting to spend time, because why would God reveal himself to someone who doesn't want to spend time with him? You wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't share my closest, deepest secrets with someone who doesn't want to spend time with me. I wouldn't share my deepest, innermost, amen, parts of my heart with someone, amen, who was an acquaintance. Hear me. Why do you feel that way? Because we're created in the image of our heavenly father. We get that from our heavenly father. And so that's why Jesus said, oh, my God. Jesus said, you know, Judas said, why will you show yourself to us and not unto the world? Why are you going to show yourself to us? This, is, wasn't, this wasn't Judas Iscariot. This was another Judas. He said, why will you show yourself unto us and not unto the whole world? Why? Because the whole world doesn't want to know me. They don't want to walk with me. They don't want to have relationship. So I'm not going to share with them what I'm going to share with you. Child of God, let me tell you something today. We ought to have a hunger for a relationship with God. Uh, amen. I want to do more than just make heaven. I'm reading a book called Crazy Love. Anybody heard of Crazy Love? It's an amazing book. It's talking about having a radical love for Jesus Christ. And I may not say the quote just right, but there was a quote in the book that talked about if all of your worries were taken care of, all of your pain gone, all of your tears dried up in heaven, and Jesus was not there, would you still want to be there? I want to say that again. You got to heaven, and all your pain is gone. All your fears vanished. All your tears dried. And Jesus is not there. You still want to be there. That answer, our answer to that question, tells us everything we need to know about where we are and what we're pursuing. Moses said, show me your glory. Moses said, show me thy way that I may know you. I'm not just looking for a get out of hell free card. Lord, I want you. I want to know you. I want to be with you. Jesus, if you're not in heaven, then I don't want to be there. Why? Amen. Because heaven is not the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Uh, the reason why heaven is a desirable place to go is because Jesus is there. The healer is there. That's why we should want to go to heaven, not just so we can avoid hell. That has nothing to do with relationship, having that mindset. It's a selfish mindset. It it's totally disconnected from relationship. But when I want to walk with God, when I want to have relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, amen, uh, what begins to happen is, uh, amen, I know that I can only know Jesus to uh, a certain extent in this life, uh, but I know when I get to heaven, uh, I will be known, the Bible says, even as I am known, uh, amen, or I will know him even as I am known, uh, and my soul longs for that, uh, my soul longs for that, if I can feel his presence in a service, uh, 
uh, if I can feel his presence in a personal prayer closet uh, through the veil of this faulty flesh, what's going to happen when I don't have to worry about this flesh anymore? What's going to happen where I don't have to go to work anymore and, and I don't have to, you know, deal with the pains of this life anymore? Amen. And I can dedicate and commit myself. There's no more lying, no more stealing, no more cheating, no more adultery, no more greed, no more murder, no more bitterness, no more jealousy. Amen. Why? Because Jesus is there. Just the taste of that alone. I mean, ought to, I'm, I'm trying to whet your appetite for God today. I'm trying to whet our appetite for Jesus Christ today. Why? You know why those things aren't in heaven? Because Jesus is there. So that means every day I walk with Jesus, I can get a dose of heaven. Hello, somebody. Every time I walk with Jesus, every time I pray, every time I read my Bible, every time I open my heart and step across the threshold of religion into real relationship, I can get a taste of what heaven's going to be like. Why? Because I'm spending time with Jesus. <laughs> the truth is some people don't want Jesus. They just want heaven. But that's not how Moses felt. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was with, was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. All things that were made by Him. And, and without Him was not anything made that was made. Skip down to verse 14. And the Word. The word was made flesh and dwelt. Excuse me a moment. Amen. And dwelt among us. It dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. I want to slow that down for just a moment. Verse 14, and the word was made flesh. We just read in verse 1 that in the beginning, in the beginning, the beginning is before the creation of the world. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. In essence, what the Bible is saying is that the Word of God is the identity of God. If you want to know God, if you want to be personal with God, if you want to be up close with God, then we've got to dive and immerse ourselves in God's Word. There's no other way. How do I know that? His Word says so. I mean, hey, People try all kinds of other ways to know God without going through his word, and they reap the fruit of that. They come up lacking. They come up missing. They come up empty. Why? Because they have deceived themselves into thinking that they can get to know God some other way. How do we know God? Through his word. Why? Because the word of God is the identity of God. In verse 14, the Bible says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. 
and we beheld his glory. The word was made flesh. It's talking about the man Christ Jesus. The word filled a human body. And it dwelt among us. And because it dwelt among us, we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Let me tell you, my friend, when we get to know God through his word, amen, it isn't automatic that you will see the glory of God. You will see the power of God. You will see the majesty of God. You will see the miraculous working power of the almighty God. Why? Because the Lord is bound to his word. Amen. The Lord is his word. To see the glory of God was the cry of Moses. To know the Lord up close and personal was the cry of Moses. To know the Lord deeply and intimately was the cry of Moses. Show me your glory. The word glory means expression. The word glory means view or image, reflection. Jesus is the expression of God. Jesus said, when you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Colossians says it this way. The Bible says this concerning Jesus in this word glory. Colossians 1, 15 and 16, it says, and it's referring to Jesus today, who is the image or view? That's what glory means, view. Is the image of the invisible God. That's who Jesus is. Jesus is the image of the invisible God. In our humanity, we could not see God. Boom. God comes in the flesh as the man Christ Jesus. This is who I am. He is the image, the glory of the invisible God. Of every, or the firstborn of every creature for by him by who by Jesus were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. He is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning? Wait a second, who are we talking about here? Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, he is the beginning. 
the firstborn, I'm in verse 18, from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in him should all the fullness dwell. The word glory means splendor, brightness, magnificence, excellence, majesty. It means honor, abundance, glorious, reverence, and riches. John 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, in the beginning, in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. The glory of God. Revelation 21, 6 through 8, it says, And he said to me, Jesus said to John, who wrote the book of Revelation, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst. A thirst of what? One who wants to see his glory, his splendor, his image, his identity. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. And he that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God. Hold on. Who's saying this here? If you're looking in your Bible, you'll see it's in red letter. Jesus is talking. Why? Because Jesus is God. Jesus is not God Jr. Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. Jesus is the name of God. Jesus is the name above every other name. Jesus in this red print and revelation is saying, and I will be his God. And he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. The final death today is not when we breathe our last breath on earth. 
The final death is not when we are buried six feet under. Rather, the final death is when after we breathe our last breath and our body is decayed, the soul who does not obey the commandments of the word of God. Why? Because when we neglect the word, we neglect God. When I'm not interested in the word, I'm not interested in God. It's a relationship thing, not a routine thing. Okay? You ever spend time with somebody and you could tell they didn't want to be with you? Their body language said it all. Their lack of willingness to even talk said it all. They're, they're here. I don't know why they're here. I mean, you might as well stayed home. Why are you wasting my time? You know, but have you ever felt that? They were present out of obligation and not out of passion. You see, it's the word of God that when we obey it, we're saying, I love you, Lord. And when we live a life that obeys the word and walks with God, amen, it helps us to conquer being fearful, unbelieving, abominable, murderer, which also translates to not just the physical murder, but the anger of the murder of the heart, which is anger. Why does Jesus even mention all these things? Why? Because it separates us from his glory. It separates us from his presence today. I want to near a close this morning. Revelation 19, verse 13. The word of God being applied to our lives on a daily basis. First, indicates our hunger for relationship with God. Jesus said, if you love me, if you love me, if you love me. Jesus didn't say, if you love me, come to church. If you love me, bless your food. Now, we stay in the Bible long enough, we'll realize we need to come to church. Okay? That's in there. That's in the word of God. Okay? It's not a... It's not a tradition. It's not a religion. We are here. I'm obeying God by being here. Okay? If you're hacking along, throwing up, right, just get better. Do what you need to do. Stay home and get better. All right? God, God, okay? Right? He's not looking to throw lightning at you. But I'm obeying God by being here. You're obeying God by being here. And when I make all kinds of excuses for not being here, for not praying on a personal level, for not reading my Bible, I'm, I'm making excuses in my relationship with God. God understands. Where is that in the Bible? Where do I see that? Take a vacation with your family. I believe in that. You should do that. We should do that. Build memories with your family. But then there's times where it's like, do you want me or not? 
I want him. I want to know you, Lord. You see, everything we're talking about today is all about relationship. If this is not about relationship, I can have a non-committal life and have no problem. If it's not about relationship, if it's merely about religion and dotting I's and crossing T's, I can be non-committal and say, you know what? doesn't matter. But because it's all about relationship, that changes everything. Why did he go to Calvary? Why did he shed his blood? Why did he take nails in his hands and his feet and get mocked and spit on and rejected and betrayed. You know why he did all of that? Relationship. Because we couldn't have one without him doing that. Come on, we ought to clap hands and give the Lord thanks for that. So he's not asking me to have nails in my hands and my feet. He's not asking me to get pierced in my side. He's not asking for a crown of thorns to be put on my head. But he is asking me to be a living sacrifice. He's asking me to love him with all of his heart, soul, and mind, and strength. Revelation 19 And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. We learned in John that Jesus is the Word made flesh. We learned in John that Jesus is the Word. The Word is God. We can't separate them. The Lord said himself, what God hath joined together, let no man separate. You know what happens when we try to separate God from his Word? Catastrophe. We can't separate God from his Word. His name is called the word of God. It is who he is as we stand to our feet today. If we can get John 1.14 one more time on the screen. This is why we've got to take our Bibles seriously. It's been a while maybe since I've said this. If you need a Bible, we'll get you a Bible. We'll buy you a Bible. If you need a Bible study, we'll get you a Bible study. We can't afford to not know the word of God. Why? Because we don't, we can't say we know God. I can't say I know God. Now that is so contrary to modern day church culture. been learning and thrive about church tradition 
versus biblical truth. Church tradition versus biblical truth. There's a bright and shining church. Let me tell you something. Jesus often refers to his church as his bride. In scripture, the church is the bride of Christ. Jesus has an expectation of what his bride is going to look like when he returns. He has an expectation of how his bride is going to look like and how the bride is waiting for him when he returns. How do we know what the bride is supposed to be like? How do we know what we're supposed to be like? How do I get to know anyone else? How do you get to know me? My words, you can't like read my mind. Can you ever tell anybody that? Can't read my mind. How are you gonna know me? You gotta talk to me. How are you gonna know me? You gotta listen to me my words if I'm going to get to know God I gotta know his word Moses said I want to know you show me your glory the Bible says in Revelation the name is the word of God John 1, 1, we just read in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. The Bible consistently connects the identity of God to His Word. So my Bible can't afford to collect dust. I want to see your glory, Lord. Verse 14, let's get that back. And the Word was made flesh dwelt among us the word is a person with my bible in my car anyone have a bible I can hold up real quick somebody help pastor out come on it's alright to bring our bible to church amen thank you so much here we go the word dwelt among us Word was made flesh, and the man Christ Jesus dwelt among us. Now, Jesus isn't in the flesh today. He's already ascended into heaven. He's coming back again. So how do I receive and get to know the Word made flesh? The Word. Reading, studying, opening my heart, not reading. Okay, I read verses 1 through 5 today. Okay, I'm going to close my Bible. I'm done. No, I read until I begin to feel the presence of God begin to move on my heart, and I camp there, and I stay there because when I feel that movement of God's Spirit as I read His Word, God's trying to talk to me. God's trying to put right now application to His Word in my life. And as the Word dwells among us, as I read it, as I practice it, as I obey it, we will behold His glory. We will behold His wonder. When was the last time you were awestruck about God? Awestruck. When was the last time you were like, wow? As I was studying, I mean, I... 
I, I feel like I feel like I didn't even come close to what God was giving me today. I didn't even barely touch it. If the Lord grants me permission, I'll continue next week. But I, I was just like oohing and on as I was studying the word. I'm like, oh my gosh, I never saw this before. This is amazing. I was all struck by God through his word. I was like, oh my Lord. Like, I'm so finite as a human being. I, I need to process this somehow. Because you're so vast. You're so grand. You're so amazing. Thank you so much. The word dwelled among us. And because it dwelled among us, the fruit, the byproduct, was that we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The glory is the splendor of God, the wonder of God, the view and expression of God. You know, when you see when you see the Grand Canyon, you're seeing God's creation. You ever see a beautiful sunset? That's expression. Jesus is the epitome of the expression of God. Why? Because he is God. And God wants us to leave this place and wonder today. And so how are we going to go after that? I know you've heard it repeated time and time again. The reason why God calls us to his word is not because he's trying to give us a chore, but it's because he wants to show us wonder. Some of us in our finite minds are thinking, how amazing could it really be? I mean, how impacting can it really be? God, what could really happen if I read the word? You mean all, you can do all of that? You can show me all of that? You can heal all of that. And Jesus is saying, why don't you give me the opportunity to blow your mind? So I feel a call today in prayer as we close this service. is to have the heart of Moses. That says, show me your glory. I don't have time to get into it today, but after... Moses prayed that prayer. If we would continue to read in Exodus 33 and 34, God put Moses in a special place because he was about to blow his mind with his glory. And after he revealed his power and glory to Moses, he gave Moses two tablets to write his word. And so today, the pursuit today is to ask God to show us his glory. The pursuit today is to have within every one of us a burning, raging desire to know God up close and personal through his word today. This altar is open. Can we lift our hands unto the Lord today? If you feel that way about him and you want more than mere religion, you want to have a thriving relationship, come on, would you make your way towards this altar? 
Come on, would you let your soul cry out? Lord, I want to know you. I want to see your glory. Show me your way, oh God. Lord, I want to know the God who made the Grand Canyon. I want to know the one, amen, who made Mount Everest. I want to know the one who made the Rocky Mountains. I want to know the one who made the stars, the moon, and the sky. I want to know you, Lord, who made galaxies that are beyond compare and beyond number. We can't even count them all. I want to know your glory. Show me your glory. <laughs> Show me your wonder. Show me your ways, oh God. Come on, that's it across the sanctuary. Come on, would you close your eyes and lift your heart unto the Lord. Come on, that's it. I'm going to pursue your word. Lord, I want to know you. I want to turn from sin. And I'm going to turn to your word that I may see this great wonder. I'm going to turn from the things of this world and turn to your word that I may see your splendor, your majesty, your glory. Lord Jesus, I pray today. Come on, that's it. Somebody lift up your voice right now. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Let's cry out to Jesus. I want to know you. I want to know you. I want to know you, Jesus.